0: Chapter 58 The Day of Clear Vision to the Dim Eyes Then the eyes of those who see will not be blinded Isaiah 32, 3. These blessed words tell us four things. One, there are eyes that do not see. Two, there are eyes that do see. Three, some of the eyes that see are dim. And four, the time is at hand when they should not be dim. 1. There are eyes that do not see. Of the dead idols, this is said, they have eyes but they cannot see Psalm one hundred fifteen five, and this is not wonderful. But that the same should be said of living men is awful. It is not true of angels. It is not true of devils. They have eyes and see. It is true of men, of millions, of the greater part of our race. They have eyes, but do not see. They shut them. They turn them away from their proper objects. They allow scales to grow over them. They deliberately veil them. Oh, fearful calamity! Oh, bitter curse! And yet for all this, they themselves are responsible. It is not God that blinds them, veils them, or darkens them. They are their own undoers. They did not wish to see. They were resolved not to see. Self-blinded, not God-blinded. They allow this world to blind or dazzle them so that their eyes are useless. They let Satan, the god of this world, put his hand over their eyes or bewilder them with his snares and enticements. Thus, having eyes, they do not see. Two, there are eyes that do see. These are they whom God has enlightened. Whose eyes the Son of God has opened, for it is His work to open the eyes of the blind. They did not open their own eyes, their eyes did not open by chance. Once they were blind, quite as blind as others, but now they see. There are not many of whom this can be said, yet there are some. And what do they see? They see one, God, two, Christ, three, themselves, four, the Word of God, and five, the things within the veil. They are not like the men of this world, with eyes that see outward things sun, moon, and stars, earth and sea, woods, hills, and fields. They see beyond all these that which is spiritual and divine, that which is true and glorious. Yes, they see. In a blinded generation, they see. How great a thing and how blessed to be able to say this of them, they see. They have eyes that are not useless, eyes that do not mislead, eyes that present things in their proper light, proportions, and distances. Their eyes have been anointed with the heavenly eye salve, and they see. They no longer stumble, nor grope in the dark, nor go after false objects. They see, and they know that they see. 3. Some of the eyes that see are dim. They see, but they do not see afar off. 2 Peter 1 9. They see, but it is dimly. Their vision is defective. They see men as trees walking. They are nearsighted and short sighted. Their eyes require further purging. They ought to see fully and truly, but they do not. They were not meant to be dim. God has no pleasure in their being dim. The objects are vivid and distinct, yet they are seen dimly. In what respects is this the case? What they see is, one, only part or parts of the truth, and two, imperfectly realized. The gospel is but half a gospel. The cross is not so full of peace and light as it should be. The way of life is only partially known the coming glory has only a feeble radiance. The advent of Christ has only a little value to them. Christ Himself has only a little of the excellence that He should possess to them and is poorly appreciated. There is no doubt something in the atmosphere of this present evil world that hinders vision and clouds the eye, but still, after all, it is the dimness of the eye that is the evil. How many are afflicted their whole lifetime with this imperfect vision! How much they lose by this! Their faith is not the substance of things hoped for, it is but the shadow of that substance. Hope is to them a vague expectation, with little certainty or brightness in it. Their life has more of the cloud than of the sunshine about it. And four, the time is at hand when these eyes will not be dimmed. There are many partial removals of this dimness even now, times when we see farther and more clearly. At Pentecost this was the case, at the Reformation also. In times of revival it has been so. In individual cases this has been known. Paul was a man that saw clearly. Augustine, Wycliffe, Luther, Calvin, Knox, Rutherford, and Edwards were all clear-sighted men. From whom the Holy Spirit had purged the scales and the dimness. But the reference here is prophetical. The prophet points to a coming era of perfection, when we will see him as he is, see as we are seen, and know as we are known. No dimness then, no defective vision, no cloudy atmosphere, and no diseased organ of sight. All brightness and distinctness. The cross clear and bright the light and love unclouded. Christ seen face to face, no longer in a glass, darkly. Every ray of glory coming freshly from His revealed countenance, every feature fair and perfect. Himself the chief among ten thousand, His kingdom infinitely glorious. No doubting either as to the things of Christ or our interest in them. No unbelief, error, nor mist all the perfection of vision and the perfection of light! O day of brightness and true vision, dawn! O morning star, arise! O prince of light, light of the world, make haste, end the long darkness of humanity, and cover earth with celestial sunshine!